Well, welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast. It's a great joy to have you joining in with us, whether you're watching uh, on YouTube or online in some capacity or listening to this. We're glad to have you in this series that we've been in called Faith And. I'm your host, Jeff Norris. I get to serve as the senior pastor of Perimeter Church, joined by my co-host, Laura uh, Story Elvington, who um, needs no introduction for probably most of you. Uh, and uh, <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, it's true. <laughs> who also serves at Perimeter Church. Who also serves at Perimeter Church. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And um, But we are thrilled today to beyond have... Beyond thrilled. Beyond thrilled to have our guest, Trillia Newbell. And uh, Trillia, hello. Thanks for joining us via Modern Technology. Hello. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Are you join? I'm assuming you're joining us from your home. Is that correct? I am. I'm inside my home where I have been since 2020. <laughs> 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 it's just how it feels, at least. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yes. And that's in Franklin, Tennessee. So one of my favorite places in the world. So I'm a little jealous that you're there and I'm not. But, I love and it. that you yeah. get to live there. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but thanks for joining us. We're so thrilled to have Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I'm I'm getting familiarized with your work. I've I've been looking online at your website. I've been really intrigued by and really impressed by how much you've written and how much you've produced and how much the Lord has has used you. Uh, but Laura came to me as we were putting the series together and thinking through who would we want to invite to to join us and speak into various issues of faith and, you know, whatever the topic would be. And she said, well, I I don't know, but we have to get Trillia. She's got to be one of the ones on there. So, um, and part of it was just knowing you, uh, you know, not exceedingly well, but just every time we've been together, been so inspired by what you do, your calling, your storytelling, uh, but the confirmation was when I pulled up your website and, and the big title, the big letter says, when faith and life collide. And I thought, well, that is... That's perfect. Fa- it literally has faith and... There it is. In the title. <laughs> it's meant to be. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, so I, so here's, here's a question then on that front. That's what you see when you first get on your website, when faith and life collide. Tell us a little... What's behind that? What? Why? Why is that the, the the first thing we see? And what what do you want people to glean from that? Yeah. So, first of all, thank you for having me, and thank you for that encouragement. Um, my ministry and life really is about a walk of faith and how we walk that out. What it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So, faith and life. I mean, it, we we cannot separate those two. And so I, I have a heart for discipleship. All of my resources are in line with that. So how does it, how does our faith and our life collide? How do they work together? And how do we walk out our faith um, and glorify God in it? So that's, that's what I'm trying to do in my own life, with my family, privately, publicly, and also in my teaching. And so that's, that's why I, um, I didn't want because I cover so many things, and if we get into my writing, you'll see it's pretty broad. I didn't want to have just one one aspect of what I hope to do and how I hope to serve. So it covers all of it. <laughs> okay, great. so before we get to your writing and what you're doing now, take us way back. Hmm. Tell us about 
whether it's upbringing, family life, how the Lord called you to himself, any of that. Well, you're, you've just revealed my age. We're going way back. Way <laughs> back. Yeah, I thought that was a little dramatic from Laura there. So. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just teasing. That was just a softball that was getting easy. Um, so I will go way back. I grew up in a very loving home, but not a Christian home. And so we were holiday Christians. We would go to church on major holidays, Easter, sometimes Christmas Eve, but definitely Easter. And we... Yeah, I didn't know Jesus. I just didn't not know him. And I was introduced to the Lord in high school by someone who um, had well-meaning. I went and felt like I had to work really hard. And I was like, ah, no, thanks. <laughs> That's not for me. So, um, so I just didn't hear the true gospel and didn't understand grace and what it meant to follow Jesus. Um, so then at the age of 19, someone shared the gospel with me again, um, but this time the full complete gospel. And I was, it, it was actually a, a funny story. I won't go into all of it, but it took me, uh, I don't know math, three or so years, two and a half years before I gave my life to the Lord. So I became a Christian at the age of 22 after two broken engagements and wow. humbled before the Lord and Funny enough, because um, I know you're a um, songwriter and singer, Rock of Ages was the hymn that was um, being sung when the Lord saved me. Wash me, Savior, or I'll die. And I remember at that moment thinking, I need Jesus. Like, this this is it. It's either, I felt like a desperation. It's now or never. Of course, that's not true, but it felt that way. Like, this is it. And the Lord saved me <laughs> and my life was transformed radically, like radically. So, yeah, that's my story. I, I became a Christian as a young adult and it, it, the whole trajectory of my life was changed. That is so awesome. We need to we need to send her our, our Rock of Ages. We did a, oh, yeah, a yeah. perimeter worship, did a, a a version of Rock of Ages that uh, that we've recorded that um, we'll we'll send you. A, a Send it all. So, I have yeah. it. I have the lyrics. Um, you. I'm pointing as if podcast people can see, but I have the. <laughs> you're listening, but I have the lyrics taped to my wall, and so it's just a beautiful reminder of, you know, simply to the cross I cling. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so, well, so all right, so that's beautiful and awesome, and um, such a testimony to the grace of God, right, to save us and as the rock of ages that he is what what about since then where where what's what's life been like in terms of family and and then professional life and and lead us up to where you are now and what what your calling is now yeah and 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 you and and you mentioned radically i i also want to hear about those first like what what immediately changed oh yeah that's good well <laughs> i got into law school and was trying to decide, do I want to, I was, I did an internship at the New York State Assembly. I was very heavily involved in politics and was trying to decide, do I want to go and be a lawyer, which I would have been a pro bono, pro bono lawyer anyways. I probably would have been paid much. <laughs> That's what that means. And I was heading towards Washington. That's, that was the trajectory of my life which is absolutely fine. I praise God for Christians who are in Washington doing their work. So 
when I what when I say what I'm about to say, that doesn't I'm not negating the good work of those who are okay. So, but <laughs> when I profess faith in Jesus, I realized I wanted everyone else to know Him too, and I felt I I had zero desire to do what I wanted to do before. So radically, um, that changed. I would also say my worldview radically changed. I mean, like, I can't, I was a different human. I was not a different human. That's not, I was, my brain, the way I thought changed. Um, and because I I just saw the world differently. And um, from, so I, I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty because then the podcast topic will change. <laughs> But we'll, we'll, because there's a lot, there's a lot that changed. But I'll just say that um, I decided I wanted to do ministry. That was a huge, it's actually ridiculous. Those who knew me before and the thought, it, it, when I stand on a stage to share the gospel with people or to teach on anything related to Jesus and the word, it's so it's crazy if you knew me beforehand. So that's how radically different it is. Um, yeah, in many ways, I thought Christians were crazy. And I would, um, I pushed very hard against people who believed. And I just, if that, I was, I, I was, I was not a, obviously a <laughs> persecutor of the church. I was just a little trilly walking around, but my voice was used to go against those things. And that is so radically changed because my voice now is used to proclaim Jesus. So it's a it's a big change. So I went into ministry. That's what happened. I I just I spent a year determining did I want to go into law school or not? Because I still obviously could have gone into law school. And did um, uh, started a master's in public administration. And during that year, I, I knew, okay, I think I want to do ministry. And so I talked to my pastor and I was like, hey, I, I really think I want to um, teach, to help with our campus ministry. And he was like, yes. <laughs> so that's, and so from there, that's when it started. Now, I didn't stay in ministry. I did, um, I was a writer in college. And so... I, um, after my first was born, I dabbled in ministry work, but I didn't do anything full time. So I actually started writing for my local paper, um, the Knoxville News Sentinel, and I did and freelance. I did freelance. Yeah, yeah. So I was a freelance journalist and did feature stories. And it was a secular paper with mostly, sometimes I would do faith um, leaning featured stories, but that wasn't my focus because I was a reporting, a journalist. I did ask my um, editor if I could do a column um, from my Christian perspective because you that means I can write in that perspective. And I did that once. But that kind of, it was like an itch was scratched, if not. And from there, I was like, ooh, I started a blog. And like everyone else did 20 years ago. And, yep. and, yep. <laughs> and um, it kind of took off from there. The moment I started writing publicly, people started to pay attention. And I didn't, wasn't seeking, I didn't think. I did obviously 
want to serve people broadly, obviously, or I would have not written on a blog, but I wasn't thinking, oh, agents and publishers are paying attention. <laughs> I had no idea that what I was about to ex ex um, embark on would lead to this. Which is so cool to hear from the standpoint of the Lord transformed your life, you know, radically changed you. And then uh, at some level, I mean, it sounds like in college you were already, you knew you were a gifted writer, uh, or at least you wanted to pursue writing. Yeah. But now with, now that you have Christ in you, God is totally affirming a call upon you to mm -hmm. write and saying, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is the platform I've given you and I've made you, um, I've gifted you to be a voice and a unique gift to other people in this way through through the gift that I've given you. So um, that's really cool to hear and how that even surprised you, you know, like you're yeah. just writing and, and next thing you know, wow, it's taking off. You and, know? So, and so now you are writing, you're speaking and you are, I can't even remember the name of the title. Some sort of editor in chief. I'm, that's what I'm gonna call it. It's probably not that. Yeah, well, it could be editor, editor in chief, and it, just overall uh, awesome writer. Czar, yeah, czar <laughs> of publishing somewhere. No, but that's really funny. Funny. <laughs> I'm the acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. So I was yeah. close. Wait, and that's with Moody, correct? <laughs> yes, with Moody Publishers. I'm the acquisitions director, so I lead our team of acquirers. And I'm on the leadership team of um, a, an incredible publishing house, and I'm really grateful to do it. Yeah, it is. It is quite the trajectory that the Lord led me. <laughs> and how long <laughs> have I you been doing? Written. Yeah. How How long have you been in that position? I've been and the director for a year. I've been an acquirer for about three. So it. Yes. So over the last year, they asked me to lead the team. Okay, I got to go back real quick and just out of curiosity. I was in campus ministry for 13 years before I became a pastor here at Perimeter. And you mentioned when you first went to your pastor to want to serve and help with the campus ministry was, I, I, I'm just curious, what campus was that and what ministry was that? Was that through the church or was it a parachurch? Or? Yep, through the church, not parachurch, but it was a large ministry at the University of Tennessee. So it was uh, through the church. Yeah. But and so I, I led Bible studies. And now that I look back on it, I probably I'm a pretty new Christian. Oh, that's yep. all of us. Have I, a all few. of us have that same feeling yeah. of like, oh, wow. Stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And miraculously, people, I, I the Lord. I share the gospel. People got saved. And it's it's really encouraging to see um, the stories of those women young women especially who then went and shared the gospel with their family and you can see it's just it's really amazing what the lord did because i was so freshly i mean i was maybe a year two two years uh newly saved but i was just excited about the lord couldn't wait to tell people about the gospel and i don't even know if i could explain it very well <laughs> But the Lord used it. Yeah, just listening to you, I'm, I'm reminiscing of like how similarly, you know, I started walking with the Lord in college through through a campus ministry uh, at the University of Alabama where I went. So I won't hold it against you with the Tennessee thing. But, oh. um, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, just so on fire and eager and excited. And you look back on it, and you kind of cringe because like, man, what did I say? I probably, I probably just was, you know, in some ways a bumbling idiot, but God used it. Right. And, and just a testimony to his grace and how good he is to use us. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Here's a question for you. All right. Let's, let's dig in a little bit into the writing process and, yeah. and you've written, gosh, I, I, I don't know how many, do you know how many books you've written? I mean, have you, you lost know, count? You know, I had the terrible feeling you were going to ask me that because, and I started to think, but I, I, I have written, um, I don't, I don't remember how many, I know that I have written. It's a lot. That's amazing. It's a lot. It is. It's encouraging. Here's my, yes, very encouraging. Here's my question. Do you look back on the first book you wrote, similarly to when you first became a Christian, you're like, man, I don't know what I said back then, and but God used it. Do you Have you seen so much growth as a writer over the years, uh, you know, to what to your most recent work, which I want to talk about in just a moment? But yeah, what's that process been like for you as a writer over the years? Yes, um, I do not look back to my first book and think, oh, no, I think I could have added more. I could have, I was, it was pretty narrow because it's, it's what I knew because that, yeah. And so now I would probably have broader voice, different voice, uh, more in there. It was called United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity. So I would probably have more people's voices as in so far as my um, references go, but the truth is the truth. And I really, yeah, I'm really grateful. And I just literally would not have been able to read, write God's Very Good Idea, which is a kid's book that I wrote um, that just did really well if I hadn't first written United. There's just no way you can get there. So God has so used that. And I was just talking to a pastor who's uh, took his staff through um, that book. So and I was like, praise God. So I I I would not I don't I've never even I wouldn't even I wouldn't touch it, though I would say my writing quality is probably much better. And I would likely I would think and I would likely add some things, but I I think the Lord has used it and I'm grateful. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh sitting off screen here just to my left is one of our staff in our communications department, Jennifer Lee. And she was telling me before uh, we got on with you that, uh, how old are your kids, Jennifer? Six and two. two. So when her first was really young, she heard you on a podcast and um, immediately ordered uh, God's big, what was the name of it? God's God's very very good idea. That's right. And what a blessing it's been to her. And and so I just think, wow, her story is probably thousands of stories of how that book and so many of your writings have blessed have blessed God's God's people and beyond. So uh, be encouraged by that. Um, What about I was looking on your website here. And by the way, for those of you listening and tuning in, go to trillianewbell.com. Wonderful website so many things on there that you can dig into. But one of the things you'll notice is there's a there's a page that shows all of the books that you've written and all the Bible studies and resources that you have. And um, I was perusing through it earlier thinking, okay, I'm going to order that one and I'm going to order that one and I'm going to order that one. Mm-hmm. And no, no lie, I was seriously thinking that. Uh, but the one that's your most recent release, 52 weeks uh, through the Bible, 
uh, if I have that name correct. I think I think that's right. It's 52 weeks in the Word. In the Word. There you go. Uh, tell us about that one. Uh, when when did that one come out? And and what's what's the? Uh, I think I know from the title what the heart behind it is, but um, would love to hear kind of your heart in in uh, in writing that. Yeah. So, fifty two weeks in the word came out in November of twenty twenty two. We're in twenty twenty three, right? <laughs> so, just recent, kind of a it is, yeah. And I. The impetus for that is that I have written Bible studies and one of the complaints or lack laments, it wasn't a complaint, that I've heard from readers as they as they've used my Bible studies is it's just a lot of Bible reading. And and I thought, well, yes, (laughs) we need to read the Bible to study the Bible. But when I realized from that, plus some LifeWay studies um, that they did some surveys, is that people just aren't reading their Bibles. Um, There's a lot of people who want to even maybe do worksheets, which are studies, um, and fill in the blank. But the hard work, which I hope, and I'll, I'll explain why it I don't actually think it's very hard, um, but the hard work is reading the Bible. And so and so I, I wanted to give people a resource to start with the main event. We must read our Bibles in order to study our Bibles. We, we want to have some reading comprehension and understand what's going on in the big story. So this is not, I'm not, this is, it's pretty much a read through canonically. So Genesis to Revelation, a straight read through the scriptures. And we're reading every book of the Bible. And I've given a reading plan so that you can read. And then I give 52 reflections as you read along. And um, the goal is for, I, I don't, I want, I don't want to use the word Bible literacy because it's a little bit, it's more than that. It's not just, it's, but it's also that. So if the goal is that we understand and comprehend what's going on in the scriptures so that when we go to study, we we know the story, we we understand. Um, and so that's the heart behind it. And it has been one of the most delightful releases I've ever, I have, I thought it was for probably the, the newer reader, the person who had just started, but so many of my friends like Jenny Allen and um, Ruth Jo Simons and people who are ministry leaders have been using this resource, Christiana Bouillet, people, yeah, and they're being refreshed. And I, and I thought, and I am also using, I'm going through and reading through the Bible this year using my own resource, which has been a lot of fun. And so is my family, which is really sweet. But, but it's, it's, I, I just, I think another goal was that people would enjoy the Lord, that they would enjoy and delight in getting to know him. And for some, uh, renewing the joy of their salvation. And that's what he's doing that I didn't anticipate. And yeah, and so it's really sweet. So it's been so fun to to watch this book go into um, the world. Oh, I cannot. Laura, real- I can- uh, was go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I know you. I know you have a couple questions you want to ask her, but I'm just gonna comment very quickly on. Uh, we had we had Jen Wilkin on this podcast uh, at some point in the series, and she was commenting on, 
you know, biblical literacy and, yeah. and just, you know, man, we need people in the church reading the Bible, right? Which sounds kind of funny, right? That we would be like, yeah, hey, we got, we have churches full of people and, and so many, and not to be overly critical, but so many don't know the word and haven't read through yeah. the scriptures. And um, yeah, I could, I could make many more comments, but I'll leave it at that. And so thank you. Thank you for producing yeah. a a resource that helps God's people uh, get in the Word, know the Word, understand God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. That's huge, mm-hmm. right? To have that overarching redemptive arc and understanding of, of what God's up to and, and pointing all to Jesus. So anyway, thank you. That's awesome. And uh, and thanks for being a blessing. But I know you you, oh, yeah. Yeah, was, you got some things I know you said, I, I want to make sure to ask her this. Well, you know? yeah. And well, first, first of all, that so resonates with me. Uh, so, so I, I have the privilege of leading a small Bible study that meets right here in this room that we're recording oh, in. Awesome. And with Jennifer, one of our producers, is part of that. We're just talking about Jennifer the whole time, aren't yeah. we? Um, we should have had Jennifer. We should have had Jennifer on the podcast. <laughs> we, may, we may add you. <laughs> Comes in right here. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we talk, so we're, we're reading through the New Testament. But one of the things we've talked about is, uh, I think that we, we called it, like the, this condemnation that you feel when you don't fill in all the blanks of like this big ambitious Bible study that we, you know, <laughs> and which, and they're wonderful, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like when you begin walking with the Lord as a college student and you have all this time to do these massive Bible studies and fill in all the blanks. And then all of a sudden you have kid number one, then kid number two, <laughs> then kid number three. And yeah. then, and then you, you almost like your entire walk with the Lord is derailed because you, your Bible study method that worked before isn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you're saying is, okay, let's actually take a few steps back and focus on reading the Bible Mm -hmm. before we talk about studying the Bible. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So one of the, I'm sorry, you you respond. No, come on. I can tell. I I love it. Well, I just wanted to say, yes, I think that, Another comment that I've had is that people don't feel, and and I tried to hammer this in the introduction. They don't feel condemned. They're walking through at their their pace, but I'm giving them, you know, read chap- three chapters basically a, a day. But um, but I've given them three questions to ponder: What do you see about God? Where do you see Jesus in the gospel? And how might you apply this if it's where where it might be apl- applicable? And that's that's their space to write. And these are the three questions that you can reflect on. Don't think about anything. And then later on the rest day, if you want, write out some other things that you can then go back and dig deeper if you want. But you've already read. So it makes sense. Um, But yes, that kind of freedom to just to read and enjoy God and ask questions of him. Like, what what do you what do we? talking about here, Lord, um, I think is, is good and healthy. And, um, so I'm really glad. Yeah, go ahead. But what were you going to say? Well, I, I had an, another question about just with your role, uh, you are getting to see, I would guess a lot of what people are writing about, obviously. Um, but I'm sure you're also needing to be a little bit in touch with the needs of the church now, like what people need to be reading. Mm. I'd love to hear whether it's trends and what people are writing or um, trends in, in, that you see in the church or outside the church that need to be addressed. Is that, does that question make sense? 
just with you, with yeah. you having that purview of overseeing the editors who are overseeing all the the works that that Moody's putting out, you know, this mm. year, next year, the following year. Yes. Well, there are some things that we need all the time. Just your basic general discipleship resources. We need to understand what it means to be in church and to follow Jesus and all the ways, all the all the spiritual disciplines that apply. So you, we will probably publish a prayer book a year because we always, even though they're mostly saying the same things, <laughs> we need those reminders and from different perspectives. So those are the kinds of books that church just needs to disciple and equip. Beyond that, we also see a lot of things. We're in a season where there's a lot of uh, deconstruction. So what does that mean? And how can we serve those who are asking those questions? Well, those are the books that we see coming through and people are asking. People are asking good questions about sexuality. So how can we address and equip the church for what we should see, what we should believe, and how we should equip and serve those uh, all sorts of, all of it, all of those areas. We see a lot of um, questions about social media influence. So how we are distracted and where we're being discipled. So in other words, a lot of people aren't going they're maybe in church on Sundays, but being discipled by online. Um, and that's not just social media. That could also be cable news. I mean, so how do we equip and serve the church when really the majority of their time is spent being discipled by, frankly, the world or discipled by um, an online pers personality? So these are those kind of things that culturally right now we see are trends. And we're trying to address, but but we're never going to leave those basic elements of the faith that we must address um, for how how to how to read the scriptures. That's why fifty two weeks of the word has been has done really well. I think because people are like, how do I even do this? What what does it look like to 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 read the scriptures? What does it look like to pray? How do I pray? What does it look like to worship? How do I orient my life? my whole life towards the Lord? What does it look like to to do? Um, uh, liturgy is big right now. So liturgical, because the, because so many people are um, kind of pushing against, um, for a lack of, the show, or what it feels like is a show, the high, this high church, Anglican, for example, liturgical, um, church is a big deal. You can see it in a lot of the resources that are coming out. You can see, yeah, um, I could name several resources that have liturgy literally in the title. And um, even even look at things that are coming out of the rabbit room. Um, you see this kind of going back to the, that, the, that the order of service and liturgy and prayer and what does that look like and how do we do orient our lives towards that and um so those are the kinds of trends that i'm seeing and a lot of it i i think it's going to be really interesting i think we need a lot of resources on evangelism because we are 
because of the deconstruction that we're seeing and in the U.S. context, I'm talking about the U.S. only, I should name, say that out loud, um, we're, we're seeing a lot of people. Now, it's interesting. We're seeing tra transition. We're seeing a lot of people flocking out, but we're also seeing a lot of people coming in. So it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I think we're going to see those. I think we're, it's going to be very clear those who are cultural Christians and those who really follow Jesus. I think it's going to be very clear. And so how do we equip the saints to share the gospel? Those are the kinds of things that I'm seeing, um, but also that's on my heart. And of course, we'll always have your, you know, general books on organization. Yeah. And their leadership, they're all important. But if you're talking about deep felt needs, suffering, and those questions, those are the things that I see. Um, That's awesome. Pretty I just, consistently. I just want to say, goodness, you are you are speaking our language yeah. in terms of what we have been attempting to talk a lot about at our church. Um, we we have from the foundation of our church. Church is 45 years old and uh, built on evangelism and discipleship and. Um, but, you know, thinking about, like, to your point, thinking about evangelism in a post-Christian society, what does that look like? Thinking about disciple-making in um, in the context where it's life-on-life life and transformational and getting people into the Word and knowing the Bible. Um, you know, so much of, of just what you've shared, I'm just saying, yes, preach. The other the other thing you said that, that if, if those who are listening who, who are perimeter folks— know that one of the one of the horses that I have maybe already beat to death and they're tired of hearing <laughs> of is is the whole discipleship conundrum that we're in where uh, we yes we're church attenders and church members and uh, you know we are we are definitely Christians but we're being discipled by uh, outside sources if you will voices on on you know who who is it we're listening to the most who is it we're reading the most who is it that's shaping our thoughts and our minds the most and so very often it's not the word it's not the lord it's it's things outside of that and so we're being discipled by uh things that are not ultimately helping us so just want to say man our our hearts are aligned there so thank you for that as well let me ask you this um for anyone who might be listening who is like you, uh, they're, they're, you know, go back for you, University of Tennessee, you're, you're majoring in, you know, writing in that kind of world. And you feel like I've been given a gift by the Lord. Yeah. I have a story to tell. Uh, I, I know how to put words together in a way that people are blessed by it. Uh, where do I start? What would be Great your, what, what would be your advice? Yeah, I'll start by saying I majored in political science. Political science, so yeah, <laughs> so I, was, I have a degree in <laughs> not writing. What did I say? I said <laughs> writing. I think I think I said you majored in writing and stuff. You know. So anyway, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> no, well, actually, it's I I brought that up for a point. You don't have to have a degree to have that gift, right? God gives gifts, and um, as a matter of fact, at the start of this. We talked. We were talking about how um, I, before I became a Christian, was given that gift. We're made in the image of God, and He gives various gifts for us, whether we've professed it or we even recognize it. Or I was going to say, blame Him for it. 
attributed to him. <laughs> That's a better way to say it. <laughs> so he, so he's so good. Anyways, so how do you get started? Um, okay, I'm gonna say something that just I believe so deeply, and is what I did, but may not mean that the results are the same. But I believe faithfulness is the key. And the the problem with so many people who say they want to write is the actual writing. They don't do it. And so if <laughs> they don't, I, I can tell you how many, it's hard because it's hard work and it's also lonely and you're just, you have to be faithful. So if you want to write, my encouragement to you is to write. And that means getting yourself um, it, it, either I, blogging isn't as big of a thing. You could, but you could start one. You could, but you could also um, start a newsletter. But you have to be faithful. You have to keep doing it and doing it. And it may be years before more than ten people read that work. But if you're faithful, then take other steps of faith like submitting it to submit that article to someone send it you never know what the lord will do and who will pick it up and say yes this is exactly what i've been waiting for thank you so faithful to write faithful to take a step of faith and send it to someone else so that they can see another thing that was helpful for me is that i didn't pers i continued to receive affirmation from my husband, my pastor, people who were reading, and it kept me going. And so if if you can if you can get ask a few friends to read and receive that kind of encouragement, yeah, it will keep you going. That's this kind of kind of what the scriptures say. We need to encourage one another, right? We need that. So um so that I think is also helpful to continue to receive that um encouragement. Another thing is, is you need to be prepared to be critiqued. As a writer, you're, if you, you will stop writing <laughs> if you're not able to be one edited, like have someone tell you, actually, you need to change this and that's passive voice. And so that's the simple things. And hopefully you're writing in such a way to build up. However, our words matter. And sometimes we say things and they're either misconstrued or misunderstood or wrong. You you erred. And, and if you receive criticism and your first response is, well, they're just a jerk. <laughs> or, woe is me, I'm done. Then you're not going to endure in writing because... Your gets if yeah you just won't so there needs to be a humility that I'm and let me first confess by saying I'm not I'm I'm much more e it's easy for me to receive edits than it is to to let people down like so I want to say this is I'm not speaking from a high horse it's as one who is growing in humility every day <laughs> who's been humbled yeah. But that is an area where you have to be ready to grow in and squeezed, and it's hard. So 
that was probably way more than just getting started. But <laughs> no, no. That's, that's that's great. And Laura, I'm hearing yeah. I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of spiritual yummies from you over there. I am. Um, well, Barley, I, I can just relate so much. And uh, you know, as I've written some, and you know, you write this the sweetest story uh, is an illustration about your your first child, you know, and then the publisher. You're just pouring your heart out. The publisher comes back. He's like, yeah, that just doesn't connect. We're going to strike that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they just called your baby ugly. Like yeah. they just, it's just, <laughs> they're like, what? But, but you do, you have to, it's like anything in life that you, uh, you, if you're wanting to grow in anything, you have to be humble enough to take correction from others. It's just, I mean, it's sanctification. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but probably my favorite thing that, that you said and kind of alluded to is, this whole idea of being faithful. And as I talk to songwriters, always reminding, uh, or, or writers, always reminding people that, that you're seeking to be faithful, not seeking to be famous. Mm-hmm. And if, yes. if you mm-hmm. trust God with the scope of your work, whether it's a song, whether it's a book, uh, like our job is to be faithful with our gifts. He is the one, he is much better than we are at deciding the scope of it. Mm. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. That's so encouraging. And the and I'm glad that you mentioned faithfulness, famous dichotomy thing, because I think also if we approach it from a desire to serve, we will also have faith to share it. A lot of people are afraid as that, oh, oh, then it's all about me. And well, it is if it is. <laughs> But if you're trying to serve, then you're going to have faith. I want to serve this woman who's I've experienced four miscarriages. I'm she, and when I, after maybe my second or third, I decided to start sharing about it because I realized when I experienced my first one, it felt like I was alone. And I did. But when I told people, I realized, no, everywhere, this is a very common experience. So I decided to write about it to bless others. So if your if your desire is to serve and to say, hey, I'm going to comfort with the comfort I've received with Christ, I'm going to I want to comfort you, too, then you can share with a lot more freedom. So you don't have you're not worried about the famous aspect. You're just going to give it, give it away to help people. So I'm really glad you said it. Yeah, I a thought occurs to me just in maybe I'm just speaking if there's anyone listening that's in that younger generation What's so popular in that generation right now is, and God's using it, but is to be a voice on a social media platform and get per, perhaps the temptation there is to get famous doing that, mm-hmm. as opposed to, no, there are still, God's still gifting people in writing. So instead of being perhaps, maybe that is what God's calling you to, is to be a social media influencer. However, there's there's going to be some who that's not the route for you. The route for you mm-hmm. is God has gifted you to write, and we still need writers in the next generation. We, you know, uh, it's things so so much is moving away from writing mm-hmm. because I can I can hold my phone up and and record a video and have influence. But no, we need you. We need you to use that gift as a writer, and um, that has staying power in terms yeah. of influence and the way God uses it much mm-hmm. longer than, than uh, you know, video influence or whatnot. Yeah, so. well, it's, it's staying power, but it's also um, someone that writes something. It's, 
it's vetted material. It's reflected yeah. upon material. Amen. Yes. That's why I get so I get so nervous even when I do post uh, videos yes. <laughs> about as as if I have this amazing ability to process an event that just happened in yeah. real time. And as if everyone in the world needs to hear my initial, you know, and there may be a moment that God does use me in that way, but, but literature has that, um, it's kind of like that aged wine in the sense of uh, it, it's gone through a lot in order for those books to get out there. Um, and so it should be kind of seen with, with a little bit more weight mm, than, that's good. than these social media videos. Sorry, yeah. I'm not an anti-social media person, but I think, uh, but it goes back to the discipleship part of it. It's yeah. we're a, a whole That's very yeah. yeah we're a yeah. whole team like your team is uh, is really vetting and praying through and reflecting on what they're putting out. Yes. Um, hopefully that'll be the louder voice in someone's life. Yeah. All right, Jeff. We we have to. She has things. She she's got she, she's she, writing she, books. She has job, kids, all of it. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have the last question. Oh here. my goodness! I don't know what my not last let question. you. They're, it's your podcast. Well, thank you, Laura. So often, so it's, often, it's not my podcast. This is this is your this is we co-host this thing. Um, no, I think my last my last question for you, Trillia, would just be anything anything on your heart currently that you would just want to share? What's God pressing into you? What's uh, anything that would be just like, yeah, you know, this is, this is uh, something I would want those listeners to hear. You know, it's interesting. Um, what's on my heart right now actually doesn't have anything to do. Well, it has a lot to do with writing actually, because it's, it has to do with what we put out into the world and um, earlier today, I tweeted, <laughs> um, yeah, Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You know, over the last maybe 10 years, that's what's been on my heart. And that's been the longing of my heart. Um, we, I just see a fractured church, at least big C church. And our local churches are doing okay. Though lots of fracturing there because I get to speak at these places. Um, and I just, I just long for the unity in Christ. I, I just long for it, and that there would be a, a lot more slow to speak, slow to anger, extending grace and love. So that is really what's been on my heart. Um, and it's a burden on my heart that I'm praying a lot. Yeah. If you are willing, we'll follow up at some point and do another podcast with you on that front, because we are with you a hundred percent on that. And, uh, I certainly have a lot of thoughts on that and uh, I'd love to hear yours. So we'll, we'll do a part two at some point. Cause that, that's a worthy, worthy topic. So I'd love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. You are awesome. We've loved, uh, and just, man, what a great smile. Look at, look, uh, if you're, if you are not watching this, if you're just listening, then, uh, you're missing a wonderful smile from, uh, from Trillia, but thank you for blessing us with your time and, uh, with your wisdom and insight and perspective. And, uh, we are, we're grateful to have had it with you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. So for those, uh, who've been with us in this series. Thanks for tuning in. Been a great, great series, Faith And, and uh, we are uh, so grateful for the many who joined us 
to share wisdom and insight perspective. So I hope it's been a blessing to you.